Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old-school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. Last week on Unsuitable, we reviewed some important tax reform implications for individuals with Cindy Kula with Ray and Associates. This week, we're going to shift gears and talk about some of the really big changes business owners can expect to see as a result of the recent tax reform legislation. From new corporate tax rates and significant changes to the bonus depreciation and net operating loss provisions to a variety of changes poised to hit companies in 2018 and beyond, the Tax Cuts and Job Act is full of savings and planning opportunities for business owners. Ray Principal and tax strategy expert Chris Hexine from Dublin, Ohio, is joining us today to share some of the tax reform highlights business owners need to be particularly aware of in this coming year. Today's episode, which will highlight domestic tax provisions, is part one of our tax reform mini-series for business owners. Next week, Chris will return to provide us with a deeper dive into what this tax reform legislation means to your choice of entity. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Welcome to the first tee, Chris. Good afternoon, Dave. Happy to be here. So a lot going on in the tax world. It's uh, been been nonstop since December 22nd. So let's get right into it, right out of the gate. In your opinion, is this new tax act, is this tax reform or is it tax simplification? It's certainly not tax simplification. Uh, I, I was worried that I might have to retire early uh, when when you read the the, the press clippings uh, prior to uh, the the end of the year on on how you could file your taxes on a postcard and and we were going to simplify everything and and uh, then after the law was passed, I fortunately I, it looks like I've probably got a good another twenty thirty years if I really want it. There you go. You, you're secure. Your job secure. is secure. The, the accountant's full employment act. So um, Lisa's pretty happy to keep you, keep you out of the house. Keep me out of the keep me here and not home. You know, one of the things that we uh, we spoke about in the the session regarding as part of the mini series, the session regarding individual tax brackets and and rates and changes. We talked about sunset provisions on the individual side, but it doesn't appear there are sunset provisions on the business side of this this tax reform. By and large, that's true pretty much for everything uh, except for what I call the super bonus. That that does have a, uh, a phase-out to it. Um, we have that for about five years, and then afterwards, at least based on what we know today, that will go away. But everything else on the corporate side is is a permanent item. Super bonus. Is that what I'm going to see in my next paycheck, yes. or is that bonus <laughs> depreciation? Bonus depreciation. So the the uh, there's been a lot of press about the corporate rate, and it it appears that it ended at 21 percent. Can you confirm that? That's right. So uh, it, it started. Uh, lots of different numbers were being thrown around in the beginning, and as we got to the end. But as it as it turns out, there's been a, effectively a 40 percent cut in the corporate rate. As well, it, it went from a graduated tax to a flat tax. So right. it's 21 percent flat tax across the board. In in 2017, what was the highest corporate tax rate? Let's do a little comparison for our audience. Well, so the the highest corporate tax rate was 35. percent The reality is is most of the corporate tax world uh, paid a 
didn't pay that rate. They paid 34% uh, just because of when that highest rate kicked in uh, effectively on, on taxable income above $15 million. So for most of the, the world of taxpayers on the corporate side, they paid a 34% rate was the, the tax rate. So it went from 34 to 21. Okay. Let's, uh, let's be clear on the corporate tax rate of 21%. We're talking about the C corporation tax rate. Yeah, so I, we've had some clients call and, and and wondering if, you know, that they can convert to an S-Corp and to get the, the low tax rate. And so I think there is some confusion out there that this tax rate only applies to C-corporations, not not S-Corps, not flow-throughs, uh, flow etc. Good, good clarification. And I believe in next week's episode of Unsuitable, we're going to talk about uh, conversion of C corporation to S. Well, I can't wait for that. I, yeah, it's a, it's a real passionate exciting. topic for me. Yeah, you'll have to come back for that. I think we've got some uh, great sponsors lined up for you on that one. Perfect. Do I do I have like a frequent uh, frequent flyer you do. miles for that? You do. You know, a lot of times when we talk about taxes, you and I have a tendency to start talking in uh, tax code and IRS code sections. So, you know, we're going to going to throw a couple of those out. We'll have to just kind of identify um, what that means. But section 179, I think, is out there. A lot of people know what that is. But just give us a quick view of what section 179 is and what's happened to it in uh, 2018. Yeah. So this, this is, uh, this is interesting. Uh, so one, 179 has been around for a long time. Congress has played with it over the years. Um, prior to, um, to 2018, prior to the law change, um, you could elect to expense up to $500,000 a year of, of fixed assets that otherwise would be required to be capitalized and depreciated over a period of years. Um, so that, that was on an asset-by-asset asset basis and largely only applied to tangible personal property. What happened with the law change was a couple of things. Uh, first, they increased the amount that you could deduct from $500,000 to $1 million. And then what they also did at the same time was they increased the... That, that's a benefit that phases out if you put in too much property during right. the year. So they increased the phase-out uh, range as well by $500,000. So now... This between two point five and three and a half million is when that the benefit of claiming a million dollars starts to to phase out. So, do you give this a uh, thumbs up, uh, standing ovation for all businesses, regardless of size? This is this sounds like it's a it's it's a good it's good for for all business. Yeah, I, I think it's it was a welcome provision, and and as well, there was at least from my perspective a, a surprise in terms of um, in addition to increasing the amount, they also added a couple of of uh, new items that are eligible for 179 that weren't previously eligible. And what would be a couple examples of those items? Are we talking some qualified real property? Is that that's some right. of the things? Yep. So that's you the, those, are the, buzz, that those are the buzzwords. You? Yeah, qualified real property for purposes of 179, you have things like uh, roof, uh, security systems, alarm systems, HVAC. So things that prior to the law change were not eligible uh, not only for for 179, or, or, but also for bonus. Now um, we, we've carved out, carved out an exception uh, where where these limited kind of four categories are um, are eligible and can be included in in that million dollars that you get now. So this is good news as far as uh, purchases and investment into to businesses. We have the section 179 quick write off depreciation. We have the bonus depreciation. We have the qualified uh, certain qualified real property items now. 
qualifying for fast write off. Thumbs yeah. up. Yeah. Thumbs hey, up. Well, yeah, sure. So it it we're stimulating, you know, um, business investment and in, in um, fixed assets and uh, as a way to um, stimulate um, revenue and jobs. So that that all is all goes into the mix. Okay, good. So so right out of the gate, we twenty one percent corporate rate, and we've got some great depreciation um, stuff ahead of us. But I think the the caution in the wind is maybe not all of the states will recognize some of this depreciation. So we have to throw out a caution there. That's right. This law is all federal related. So each each state um, traditionally decides on its own how much, if any, uh, of these changes in the laws that that they'll follow. And and as you know, in Ohio, for many years, we've had, uh, we don't um, get the benefit of bonus depreciation right. or 179 above a certain threshold. And I don't see that changing, but, you know, Ohio has not decided yet um, on where they are on that as far as I know. Right. Now, uh, when when you and I were in, in college going through our accounting classes, uh, all we pretty much knew was the accrual basis of accounting. We never heard of cash basis or other comprehensive basis, but it appears there have been some some changes in this tax law that may be beneficial to certain taxpayers that can use the cash basis method. What's going on here? Well, for setting the stage, really the best the best tax planning tool we we still have is the ability wh- where we can is the ability to use cash method of accounting for taxes versus versus the accrual and. And simply what you're doing there is, is you pay income when you receive your money and you get your tax deduction when you pay it out. That, that seems like common sense. Um, however, in the financial statement world and under a cruel method of accounting, that's not necessarily um, the timing of, of how you recognize revenue and, and when you deduct things doesn't always coincide with when you actually have the cash in your hands. So previously for some taxpayers, there was a threshold limit on when how much revenue you could have before you had to um, to convert from cash to accrual. That was previously at $10 million. With the new law, they've expanded that now to $25 million. So more than doubled. So again, I, I think this sounds good on, on the surface, but it uh, needs to be played out and advisors need to be looking at that. Uh, it's not one of these things you're going to run out and do tomorrow. There's a lot of byproducts and side effects of doing this. So Again, I think we all have to use some caution. Sure. Yeah. Among a lot of the provisions here, all, all Congress did was was pass pass laws that that reflected their intent, uh, and and much of it it's now on to the IRS and and Treasury to issue the guidance to implement their intent, and and we're too soon into that process to really have much guidance yet, but we need it. And, and it should hopefully be forthcoming as we move through right. 2018. And that's a good point. It's worth repeating. And we talked about in a previous episode, you know, the tax acts have been changed, but we're still waiting examples and guidance and tax forms from the IRS regarding any aspects and many of these aspects of the, how the new law is to be applied. So we're kind of still sitting on the sidelines. We think we know, but we, it's not a hundred percent clear cut. Right. Business interest expense. Uh, we've heard a lot of uh, noise about business interest expense being limited. What's going on here? Well, and, and this is so we we go back to what was the intent of the legislation that got passed, and and among the major items was corporate tax reform and international tax reform. And so the in cutting the tax rate that cost the treasury dollars. 
And so we look for other areas to make up for that, pay for us. So the business interest expense uh, limitation provisions was was one of those areas where it appears that that was trying to make the the dollars work, dollars and cents, you know, not balance out, but better than than otherwise. So uh, again, there's a kind of de minimis threshold, twenty five million dollars uh, and less. You don't have to worry about these provisions. Um, but if you're over that in annual revenue, then your ability to deduct interest could be limited depending on what your taxable income in, is each year. And there, there's a formula involved. Sure. So Sure. And some companies may just need to, to change their operating style. You know, if they like hev- heavy leverage on their fixed asset purchases and things like that, they just mean, may need to, to rethink that. Yeah. The, the other thing they did was they threw a bone to the, to the real estate industry. So they, they created a carve out where uh, primarily real estate holding companies that, you know, companies that, that rent properties uh, and leverage their property as a part of that. They, they have the ability to elect out if they're otherwise over that 25 million. There's, there's a little uh, a, a cost of, of that, um, but there at least is that provision that, uh, that is available for real estate companies. You know, here at, at Ray and Associates as CPAs, we always like to uh, entertain our clients. We like to uh, certainly go out uh, for dinner play some golf, go to a hockey game, go to a football game, go to a concert. Can I still write those expenses off in 2018? Yeah, I, the, I think the Blue Jackets are bumming. The uh, Congress, and, and this, this was a surprise to many of us, quite frankly. The, um, and again, it, it's a pay for that, that they eliminated the ability to deduct so-called entertainment expenses. Now, um, we can talk, you, you know, what those are, but what they aren't, the, the meals, the ability to take a client to dinner, to lunch, to breakfast and deduct still that, in play. that's still in play. What, what's not in play is historically, if you took them to the golf course or you took them to the hockey game and, and expensed the cost of that, that's what has gone away. So that, uh, that's an impact. I mean, that, that is a surprise. I was, uh, not prepared for, for that. Uh, you know, as, as, I, I guess professionals, many of the professional corporations, that's a big part of sure. some of their uh, marketing expense. And, and, but that's not marketing dollars. Those are tr- strictly entertainment dollars. Is that how that goes? Well, yes. Yeah. So, so, but, we, but we may have to get our magnifying glass out and, and scrub the advertising category I and marketing. It. I got it. Uh, net operating losses. Uh, I understand there, there may have been some changes in in that area, uh, again, that's a very complex area, so I don't know that we need to do a deep dive, but just give us a, a quick overview, if you can, of what's happened with these net operating losses. Yeah, so, so we had some changes both on the individual side and, and on the C-Corp side, and, and Cindy may have touched on, on, the, on the individual side of that. Um, on the corporate side, under the old rules, uh, if, a, if a C-Corp generated a loss, you could carry that loss back to the two prior years and then carry it forward 20. And, and you had, so it had a 20-year carry-forward period to it, and if you didn't use it at the end of 20 years, you, you lost it. But otherwise, there were no restrictions on the ability to, to use it um, in a year, subsequent year when you had income. What they changed under the new law, that changes. So they, they got rid of the carry-back period. Uh, so no longer carry-back. Uh, they also got rid, there's no longer a 20-year carry-forward um, they, they carry forward indefinitely. So in other words, they don't expire. However, because they did away with the corporate AMT, I think in part, 
they limited your ability to use an NOL carry forward in a future year to, and, and basically now you can only offset up to 80% of your income in okay. that year. Okay. Again, somewhat complicated, but, uh, some changes there. you had mentioned AMT or alternative minimum tax, and that is completely wiped out at the C corporation level. That's right. They, they, unlike for individuals at the, for C corporations, the alternative tax has been repealed. So as clarification, uh, there wasn't uh, some understanding or misunderstanding out there that the alternative minimum tax had gone away at all levels, and that's not necessarily the case. The C corporation, it is definitely gone. That, that's right. See you later. See you later on the, for the C corp. So one other item, if you're uh, in the manufacturing area, is this domestic production activities deduction that historically was a a pretty good deduction that for for some of the uh, companies is that still in play uh nope it got repealed and and so going forward for for tax years after 2017 that's no longer in play that was uh, previously it was a 9% deduction so that's no longer around and and that was uh, that's one of the pay fors for how we got to 21% you know i we talked earlier about the previously the for most c corporations they the the highest rate or the rate that they typically paid was 34%. The reality on that is when you, under the old law, when you had things like um, the, the domestic production activities deduction, things like R&D credits, other type of business credits, they weren't paying 34%. They were paying some lower rate right. already. Right. Um, and so in exchange for moving from a stated 34% rate to now a flat 21%, uh, we we had to get rid of some of the other benefits that previously were there uh, to help pay for that, and and the DPAD was one of them. Again, again, uh, a lot of these deductions and changes that we're talking about are for every type of business. We've referred to C corp, but most of what we've talked about today has been all businesses, no matter how you do business, with the exception of the tax rates. That's right. Correct. Now, again, I want to go back to sunset. Most of these that we talked about appear to be permanent in nature, where the individuals have sunset. That's right. Um, they're they're as permanent as 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 until the next Congress changes it. You know, the last uh, last area I want to cover uh, quickly, and this is uh, this is very complex, but I think may have some play in the market. There's a new tax credit for wages paid to an employee on FMLA, Family Medical Leave. Again, we've just started researching all of that, but can you uh, address that in a, in, in a few minutes? Well, I, I think effectively what we have here is, is uh, a, a tool, a benefit that Congress wanted employers to have. And, and uh, I think right now you have a lot of employers that while they may allow their employees time off, they don't, they don't pay for it. So the employee has to, has to use their vacation time uh, or take it on. So this could be really, really a good thing. Yeah. So it, to incentivize companies to, you know, to offer it and, and maybe to pay it without having to take PTO to, uh, they give them a credit. Right. In a few minutes we have left Chris, uh, and we're speaking with Chris Axine, principal with Ray and associates located in Dublin, Ohio, who has spent 23 of every 24 hours in the last two months reading about tax law. So he's a little weary, but uh, quite an expert on these topics. Talk to me about the winners of some of these business tax cuts. Who are some of the winners? 
Yeah, so that's a good that's a good question. You know, the uh, so on the corporate side, C corps made out, in my opinion. Um, when you look at at everything that they got versus what they had to give up to get it, uh, in terms of the low tax rate, flat tax rate. Uh, so you have that, but but by and large, businesses, regardless of what entity type you have, uh, you have the the uh, the super bonus depreciation. We have the changes to one seventy nine. We talked about cash method of accounting, but we also um, in also as a part of that twenty five million kind of small business line in the sand. Where you have the uh, so called unicap requirements, the the requirement to capitalize certain um, selling um, SGNA type costs uh, to your inventory that that's on hand that you haven't sold yet, and then you get to recoup them um, when you sell that inventory in future years, and and that requirement. If you're below 25 million, they 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 did away with the the requirement to have to use it, and then I think that's a that's definitely a benefit a benefit regardless of what type of entity you are. So the C corporations are definitely a winner, but wait, don't go out there and switch to C corporation just yet. Next week you're going to talk to us about the benefits and not the benefits of switching between uh, various tax entities. So definitely C's are the winners. How about losers? Well, yeah. So uh, certainly the uh, the professional service companies, CPAs uh, get it again. CPAs, huh? lawyers. We apparently we had crappy lobby, lobbyists versus the architects and the engineers uh, when we're talking about the pass through deduction uh, and our inability to to take advantage of that. So I, I would say we were losers in that regard. Thanks again for joining us today, Chris. You've got a lot of information. We're going to have you back. So hang on. You, next week, you're coming back full fire. So uh, hang with us. But thanks again for joining us on Unsuitable today, Chris. Thanks for having me. There are so many pieces included in this tax reform package. Honestly, I think the only way business owners can truly determine their next course of action is to sit down with an advisor well-versed in tax strategies in 2018 and beyond. Planning really is going to be a key for business owners over the next several years. Listeners, we put together a tax reform resource center. Check it out at raycpa.com tax reform. And you can always reach out to us if you have any questions. Simply send your questions to us by email. Our address is podcast at raycpa.com or give us a call and we'll be more than happy to sit down with you and talk through some of these tax changes. You can also follow us on social media or subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes to make sure you receive timely tax reform news and information. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray and Associates. The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.